Can I say we'll get up? Inspiration. It's an inspiration piece. Uh, cheers. Cheers to you, good sir. <laughs> we have a variety of drinks going. A variety of Santan beverages right now. Yes, we do. What do you think? They're fantastic. Yeah. They're just great. Um, Adam Armijo. Hey, come on. In the flesh, <laughs> at my the, kitchen table. Yeah, man. You had to, to butter me up to come out here. I, seriously, it's taken a minute to convince you that everything's going to be fine. It might be okay. I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Adam Armijo, uh, incredible guitar player. I've known you for, what, 10 years. We met back at Voce. I think it's been longer than that. I think you're right. It's probably been like 12? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I had a question. Did Mike call you or were you just rolling through at that time? Hmm. I think Mike called me. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were putting a thing together. Dude, I don't, I don't even know how that came about. I think Mike called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, I think it was just me, Mel, and Mike. And then Todd started showing up. And then we started to pull in LG. And we needed a guitar player because Lord knows I couldn't do it. No, I think, <laughs> dude, I was playing way before Lamar. Really? Yes. It was Mel, uh, Todd was playing percussion, you and, and Florio. Wow. And then I started playing. Great band. Doing some weird stuff. It's a weird, <laughs> weird band. What are you talking about? Those guys are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Armijo, you grew up in wonderful Flagstaff. I would say that. Yeah, I would say that. But you were born in? I was born in New Mexico. Albuquerque. Albuquerque. ABQ, babies. ABQ. Um, my dad is a, was, he's retired now, uh, engineer. So we kind of moved a few places. Yeah. Colorado, uh, northern, northern Arizona, like Page. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, Flag. Yeah. And you got there, what, or, or, uh, before you were 10 or something? Like, what, what? Dude, I don't even know anymore. Okay. That's, too, that's, that's a lot of... High school up there? High school. Yep. Coconino High School. And then NAU. And then NAU. And you didn't go in for music? No, I, I went in for music. Oh. I thought you yeah. went in for, like, communication or something. No, that was after um, I decided I didn't want to do music. <laughs> no, so, so I was... Um, no, I was, like... Uh, a music degree, like jazz um, performance major for about three years. Oh. And then I moved to Texas for, for a bit. To, do, to, be, to, to go on yeah. tour or something, Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we, didn't re- we weren't really in Texas. We would, it was like one of those uh, bands where we would play these circuits and we would go to like Wyoming and Denver and play all these like honky tonks and do like two weeks or a week straight. And this is country music. <clears throat> yeah, all country. primarily. Mm-hmm. And we and we would like it was like seventy five bucks a night. Well, how did you get from jazz performance to country? Did it just kind of come naturally, or, or was that the music? No, you were no. Listening to? So like the music. So when I started playing in a band, it was um, it was country music. So mm-hmm. I started maybe playing 
like maybe at 16 in like a country band with and we were all buddies and but I was really into like all kinds of music at the time I guess but like my gigging scenario was like gotcha. that was just all country music yeah let's go uh let's go back a little bit though let's do it I want to know kind of some of your first musical memories like what music were your folks playing you're an only child only child and so really the I hear about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the so you didn't have the the benefit, let's say, of having si- brother. siblings yeah, no. who brought in music to the house. So you're almost primarily relying on your friends and what they were listening to and what your folks were listening to. Right. Is that right? Yeah. And was there a lot of music in the crib growing up? Tons of music happening. Really? Yeah. Like what, what Dude, sort of my, stuff? My dad and I just kind of rediscovered. Well, no. So my dad was a huge music fan. My mom's a huge music fan. Um, a little bit different taste. My my mom was like super into um, folk music. Um, my dad super into like jazz, jazz fusion, R and B. I mean, just literally all kinds of stuff. They had a killing vinyl collection. Great, great vinyl collection. Really, that I just kind of uh, conveniently just put in my car and, and drove back down the mountain. <laughs> so that's cool. So you kind of steeped in this and you caught kind of, let's say the bug in, in high school. Did you start playing in high school? My, my, I had an uncle. I have an uncle, great uncle, uncle Mike. Um, he's, he plays guitar and you know, like he kind of had a guitar in the corner we would go over to his place for family get togethers. And I would just kind of, you know, like, oh, that would be fun. And he kind of showed me a couple of things. And then I probably started playing guitar maybe at 11. And it was like... Instant. Instant. That yeah. was your instrument. Oh, yeah. You knew it. I knew it. You didn't fuck around with piano or... Nothing. Drums like, or the and, tuba. And it wasn't even like, oh, I'm doing anything else with... Like, I just like, I knew, okay, this is what I'm going to do. That's awesome. Instantly. That's incredible. Yeah, pretty much, I think. Yeah. Maybe after like my one of my first lessons... I probably did that. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this. So you saw it, you, your, your folks supported it and, and put you in some lessons. Yep. This is before you're a teenager. Yeah, I mean, I was probably 11, 12, yeah. Wow. And then all through high school you played. Oh, yeah. In like the school bands, the Yeah, marching ensembles. band, jazz band. What all. did you play in the marching Dude, band? Dude, I, <laughs> I would do ridiculous things. Like I would play the national anthem before... On guitar. <laughs> on guitar. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I would do stuff like that. You know, I would play, um, like the marching band would, would would be playing like a selection of music and I would like play you, you're in a the part. Pit. You're in the pit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. With like the percussion instruments. Yeah. That, the, the xylophone and the whatever. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't happen very often. And then, but mostly it was, um, yeah, like jazz, jazz band, that type of thing. Yeah. All through high school. All through high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super cool. And then decided, NAU, take your time. Take your time. <laughs> yeah, so... And then you decide, NAU, I'm going to study jazz, like, seriously. Well, I mean, so I was, dude, I was super into it, and then I, I was kind of, um, I was taking some classes at a community college, like, my senior year of high school, and then I had a whole bunch of buddies that were already, that I was playing with outside of, like playing gigs with mm. that were in the, the jazz 
ensemble and it was just kind of like one of those things I just like hey man you should just come and play and I was like yeah okay and I just started playing in the the jazz ensemble at NAU mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and then after you graduate from NAU no no you said three years I probably did three years as a music major and then I was just like I don't know I'm just it wasn't connecting with me a part of it too was like NAU didn't really have a um like a jazz guitar instructor. Mm. So I've always kind of like, I mean, I've had private instruction, but I've always kind of just learned kind of by myself. So like I would just, you know, get records and just do research and just kind of like learn learn that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it was kind of mostly up, up to me in a sense. So I didn't really have a lot of people saying like, oh, you should check this out and then you should check this out and mm. you should check this out. So, um, yeah, no, NAU didn't have a dedicated jazz guitar instructor. It was, a cl- he, there was a classical instructor, so I did, like, classical guitar, but, like, my heart wasn't in that mm-hmm. at all. Um, although, I mean, I love classical music. I just, you know, at that point in time, I was, like, wanted to do other things. Mm-hmm. So, um, three years kind of happened, and I was like, okay, and then I... Um, I was playing with this. His name was James Land. He's like a Texas country guy. And um, how did you get connected to him, dude? We did like a. I did like a one-off gig in Williams, Arizona. I don't even know how he found me, how that happened. But I played a gig with him, and he's like, "Hey, man, you want to move out to Houston?" And you know, we we play this much, and you know, we do all these, you know, this kind of circuit. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll do that." Cool. I went with a buddy, Bobby Flanagan. He's a great dude, um, and we we did that for a bit, and then um, we ended up like moving to Nashville. Who I had some friends that were living out there. Did that for a little while, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back to school, um, move back to Flag. Um, got it, like started a totally different path in yeah. communication. So advertising was mm-hmm. the actual degree. Um, and at that time I was like kind of playing down here with a few bands. Um, and then I started, uh, started playing with the band Young Country at that point in time. And what year was that roughly? Dude, I don't know. It was maybe 2010 or 11. No, no. I met you before that. So it must've been like eight or nine maybe. Because either, yeah, maybe 2009 or 2000. 10 okay i remember i was i remember turning 21 when i was in houston so maybe 09 or 010 okay yeah um yeah and then so i finally i got a degree in advertising and then at that point like i was just playing all the time down here anyway so i was kind of like living up in flag and i had a place down here Mm -hmm. i was living with my buddy matt goodman and yeah that's pretty much it and the rest is history. And the rest is history. End of podcast. End of podcast. Let's turn it Shortest off. Shortest podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> and then, and then we meet and we start playing together. We make a record in 2010 over at Clark's uh, at Tempest called the Voce Project. Uh, and then, kind of since then, we've been doing stuff. I mean, yeah. Live from Laurel Canyon started in 2013. You've you've been a part of that since day one. You've tracked on my solo stuff. You've done stuff for The Sweet Remains. We've been 
musically connected for for a minute. We're like a little team, man. We are a little team. <laughs> the Hodge, the Hodge brothers. There you go. <laughs> um, so okay, so you move down here and you basically work full time. You have your degree. Yeah, you have your degree. I didn't cool. use it. Didn't, didn't use, use it, it once. Yeah. And well, I knew that would be the case. Yeah, but I feel like, in a sense, now you do use that advertising degree because a lot of your work now uh, is not only photography, but but video and video editing and production, you know. Yeah, in a sense. I mean, I was in- interested in... That's why I kind of went down that road mm-hmm. because it was something that I was interested in. So, I mean, degree or not, I think I would have... Con- probably still have done that. You uh, so, so you didn't really learn the skills getting the degree. It just kind of was an interest of yours. The, that degree is so, I mean, because it's things change. It's yeah. super broad, but, you know, like things change year, yearly with right. that stuff. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was very broad. Yeah. I'm impressed uh, the way that you have incorporated um, your f- interest in photography and video into what you do because not only are you a great guitar player, but... Um, I love your eye for photography and for video. I, I love you buttering me up, man. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you for a loan after <laughs> okay, this. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Um, no, and how did that come about? Because, I mean... Dude, I, I, like, I always tell people, the music thing was the hard part for me. That was right. always like the thing. It was like, oh, this is work. But I, I feel like I always kind of had that other stuff in my back pocket and I just wouldn't do it that much. So, I mean, I wasn't growing very fast in that aspect, but it was just there, uh-huh. kind of simmering. Yeah. And as soon as I started kind of like getting more work doing that, it was like, oh, yeah. I, like, it's, it's this weird thing. It's, I feel like that's my gift, uh-huh. like my no true shit. gift. Yeah, 100%. Wow. And then get, and music is, you know, it's just, you know, it's there. It's a passion. It's a passion. Uh-huh. But it's, it's not your gift? That is just crazy. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, but I think that I am better at the other stuff. Huh. Yeah, 100%. And just you, naturally. And naturally. you enjoy them kind of equally? No, I enjoy music a lot more. Yeah. 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 Not that I don't enjoy the other stuff. I just, you know. Right. I've been playing guitar for so long. It's just like, now it's just like, I, sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it. Right. But it's always kind of like, okay. It's always there. It's always there. And it's like a fight. Do you have a... <laughs> do you have... um a favorite i mean you say you know you've 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 played country you've played jazz you've done some kind of fusiony stuff you've done my stuff which is kind of singer songwritery stuff is it all is it all great do you do you Dude, i love all of it yeah yeah if i would have to, i mean i couldn't really choose um i really enjoy playing um singer songwriter music i mean that's i love doing that but I also love like improvising too. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it, not necessarily jazz, quote unquote, but just right. improvising in any really any genre. Would you do you see yourself like being in a in a jazz combo? Uh, I mean, I do it from time to time. Really? I used to do it all. I used to do it all, so much more. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, dude, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would totally do that. Yeah, yeah. Are there? Gosh, I mean. This isn't, I mean, Phoenix, let's say, isn't necessarily known as a jazz town, right? So you have a couple clubs where you could do that, let's say. Um, It would be interesting, like, put your dream team together. Like, who would be in the (laughs) band? 
Well, uh, let me let me preface this with like I'm not. I don't have like a lot of jazz vocabulary, so not jazz in the traditional sense of uh, like we would be playing standards or anything like that. Like I love fusion music. I love jazz too, but I mean, I think that I would probably be a better fit in more of a a fusion based scenario. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, like a Robin Ford esque or Weather Report type of thing. Meldow. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's 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 a is that a, a different thing? thing? Yeah. Like, I mean, so anything like that, I think I would, you know, I would love to do. Yeah. But in terms of like, I'm just extremely unauthentic when it comes to playing like straight ahead. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. That's a very specific thing. It's a very specific thing. Yeah. And and I unfortunately I don't like have you know I I faked it for a while you know and I still kind of fake it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, let's take a let's take a short little break. Love it. Leave my money down, but you can't see A couple years ago, Adam introduced me to Gensler Amplification. He was producing a promotional video for their acoustic array mini, and I was really impressed. I got to tell you, it has a ton of sound for such a small unit. And last year, I picked up the Acoustic Array Pro, which is really fantastic. It has this great balanced sound. It's super portable. So it's a really great tool, even if you're just starting out. You can find out more online, GenslerAmplification.com. That's G-E-N-Z-L-E-R, Amplification.com. Now back to the podcast. Let's get deep. Let's go deep now. You ready to get heavy? Hey, man, let's get into it. Okay. Um, one thing that tends to come up in these conversations is uh, the pandemic's effect on um, creativity, productivity, um, self-awareness, self-value. Did did last year? Well, and it goes both ways, right? Some folks really enjoyed the break. Some people loved it. Yeah, and right. some people did not. Right. I'm in that camp. How was it for you? That was the greatest thing that's ever happened in the world. We'll be, well, <laughs> I'm totally messing with you, man. Well, but you were also working at a clip, right? And so a lot of the folks that, that were super busy kind of embraced the, the break, embraced right. the pause, mm-hmm. you know, because they were just, they were so thin, Right at that point, right? You know, how was it for you? Um, I, you know, it started out fine because it started out as a a very creative time. Really? Yeah. For for me, yeah. Like I was doing a bunch of different things, and then um, what sort of things? You know, like like I I I would um do some like video stuff, um, just like Instagram type of things, um. I did a few things with friends where it's like, you know, we did like the um, quarantunes type of style mm-hmm. video thing. Um, you know, r- wrote some music with some friends. Um, but at a certain point, I kind of hit a wall and it, it got a little got a little weird. Got yeah. a little dark. Got a little dark. Very, yeah. you know, pretty dark. Yeah. 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 And that kind of lasted a while, you know. And the thing is like... Um, 
like I do a lot of country gigs. So that stuff kind of came back earlier oh, than most. Yeah. You know, so, but the thing is, I was working through the whole pandemic in terms of like, like I was still, like I do a lot of recording from the house. Right. Um, so that got busy, you know, right. but it, it was, it was, it was tracks for other people. Right. So at first it was kind of like doing stuff for myself, just doing things, random stuff. And then it started to get to the point where it was like, okay, now I have to do this and I have to do, I have this project and I have this project and I have this project. And then, you know, it, it became, you know, and, and the thing is like doing recording music from your house for some people, it's like they do it. They, it's great for them. Right. For me, I really like to have the people in the room. Mm -hmm. So I'm not like spinning my wheels and it's like, I don't send them something back and they're like, no, that's not really what I was thinking. And then I didn't, you know, I didn't waste any time. Right. So in in a sense, you, you, you like to have some sort of, um, in, in those scenarios, you would rather kind of not not be produced, but have some direction in the room yeah, at the time. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you can do that stuff with with Zoom or or you know FaceTime, um, but you know a lot of it was just kind of like oh let, let's let's see what you do, you know. And that's a lot of my job anyway. Right. Um, but you know, before the pandemic, it's like you know you could either go to a studio or people would come to the house or whatever, you know, and then. Things got a little dicey, you know. People got a little freaked out about a lot of stuff, and then you know, it's like, no, you, we can just, uh, you know, just let's just see what you you do, <laughs> and then you know, seven takes later, seven takes, you know, <laughs> fucking thirty takes later, <laughs> right? So, so that's interesting. I have a couple questions. So, one is, a why do you think you started gigging as a country musician kind of earlier than? than kind of other gigs and um the second one is well let well let me just say it so i don't forget it the second one being um how much uh joy for you is performing live so like i missed that aspect of it well dude the biggest thing that i realized is i just like to play music with humans right like that's just it, right? I like the camaraderie of it. Yes. I just like to the hang, the hang, the whole thing. Yeah, like that's what I like. Yeah, when I record music, I like like the bouncing of ideas. Right, that's, a collaborative. You know, in essence, exactly. It, it, 100%. If, if you aren't collaborating, you're doing it in a vacuum. Exactly. And where's the real fun in that? I mean, it, in a sense, there was creativity, you know, but I feel the same way. And as you know, as we as we were doing these uh, Steely Dan EPs, I was like, man, I wish we could just all be in a room and and work this out together. Right. And I'm very proud of those recordings, but I really wish we could have been together and run it a couple times and see where it went. And maybe my initial idea for the thing would evolve, you know, because you you surround yourself with great musicians, great things are going to happen. Right. I mean, I mean, there's tons of value at doing that, doing it that way, yeah. doing the way that you did. Yeah. Like right. everybody separately. Like I enjoy re- tracking at my place with all of my stuff there. Yeah. And then I can like really dial in certain things, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's a bit too much and sometimes there's just too many options. Right. And I need to be like, okay, 
no, no, let's just stick with this idea and run with that because I'll right. just like freaking. You go down the rabbit. I'll hole. I'll go down a rabbit hole. And then like a day later, you. It's almost like you had too many options. Which, and you had, yeah. And you almost had too much time. Exactly. In a sense, if 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 we have two hours in the studio, you get to dilute that thing, find the thing quicker, maybe. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. And why do you think? Um, why do you think the country gigs came back sooner than some of the other gigs? Oh, I, you know, just, I think that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I'm just, I, and we, we're not throwing anyone under the bus here, but why, why were those rooms, did, 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 were they not concerned? I, I, yeah, I think it was, you know, one of those things where there was way less concern. Um, maybe some of those places were out of, in certain cities, quote unquote, like Cave Creek or whatnot, that maybe, uh, were they outdoor gigs? Some of them were outdoor gigs early on. They were outdoor gigs. Yeah. And and then, um, you know, then we started doing like gigs inside. Mm -hmm. Um, and did you play with a mask? Uh, at, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At, At first. And then, you know, I started getting a little bit more relaxed on it. Yeah. Um, but you know that's a whole that's a whole subject. Man. I know it's a that's a touchy subject. Man. I don't want to get I don't want to get super <laughs> political or anything, but it's just interesting because my gigs didn't really come back until, gosh, maybe February of this year. Yeah, as soon as Ducey opened it up, right. I mean, we were like playing gigs maybe two months before that, right? And like full on, not not um, like I feel like now it's completely back in that world, right? Like you will go to a, a place on Friday, country bar on Friday, and it's like pre-COVID, right? Um, which kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, but you know, during like January that time, no, there was still like a lot of things in place that were kind of preventing. You know, you couldn't dance. Oh no, kidding! Everything was kind of separate. You know, there was still social distancing. Yeah, you know, a lot of people didn't really care about that. So you know, there were like bouncers always ready to bounce on. Like, oh, no, you can't do that. No kidding. Yeah. 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 But I mean, gigs were still happening. Yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to ask you about or talk about, um, we have definitely a shared love of Steely Dan. Yes, we do. And as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, we've been collaborating on these EPs and it's been a ton of fun to kind of reimagine these relatively iconic songs do you remember do you have like a like a specific steely dan memory oh yeah like the, the first time Dude, you 100 hit yeah. me oh yeah so um i remember my dad buying two against nature cd he bought the cd and i was i just kind of looked at it and i was like oh this is interesting i don't re- remember him playing it um and then kind of fast forward maybe a couple of years later, I was, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16. So what that record came out, what what year? 2000? I want to say 2000. Because Alive in America was, I want to say, like late 90s. Yeah. So uh, so same uncle. Yeah. That, that kind of got Mike. me. Uncle Mike, man. Fine. So Shout out. <laughs> we, we were, I need to get him on this podcast. Dude, get him, get him up in there. <laughs> Oh man, no. So <laughs> we were in like a, a back, like I, my family's huge. Um, we were at like a backyard party in Albuquerque, and he was playing Alive in America. He was playing Bodhisattva. Nice. And um, <sighs> that record. 
and like I didn't know anything about Steely Dan, and I remember, but I was at that point like I was really into like Al Demiola, John McLaughlin, uh, like I was into like prog rock, like Dream Theater, John John Petrucci, all that stuff. Dream Theater. Oh yeah, we got, got into that stuff. Come man. on, yeah, man. yeah. Um, and he was he was playing live in America, and I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah. And so immediately, like I got that CD. Yeah. And that was that was the thing. Yeah. And so yeah, my introduction. So I kind of heard all those tunes live. Yeah. You know, and there was a couple of different bands and like within that same record. What do you mean? I think that it was like um like different players. Different players. Right. Yeah, like Drew Zing was playing guitar, like Dennis Chambers. Like there there was right. a couple of different I think maybe it was it was a selection of Yeah, that of, that, that first tour. Yeah. Kind of exactly. coming back, right? Yeah, but that that was the thing, and then I got into the new like the newer stuff. So two against nature, everything must go. Um, I really got into uh, Donald Fagan, Morph the Cat. See, that one doesn't resonate with me. Yeah, I mean Nightfly. I'm Nightfly all day long. Well, I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Feel that way about the newer Steely Dan music. Yeah, to to I mean I dug two against nature. Um, I thought that the production didn't have it's clean it's super clean it's super clean and it was a little sterile the snare was a little too snappy like yeah. i want that 70s gushy no, yeah i told asia I, yeah you know so that's funny because i had you know i had i had all that music i mean i came in obviously late you know but i grew up on on all of all of the that that first load of records you know right gaucho is one of my favorite records uh asia obviously but at, literally at, i had all the tapes mm-hmm. and i was so excited to hear that they were coming back and then i got um alive in america for christmas mm. and i was like this is incredible i get two against nature and i'm like what happened i was you know <laughs> nightfly i was like this is incredible Dude, it's a totally different thing man. i get two against nature and it sounds like they're all in lab coats it I just think that's has, why I maybe liked it. I was I was really into this uh, the very specific thing at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was like very clean and very polished. Yeah. Not that the old stuff was wasn't. Not because it was it was polished for it sure. It was polished, but at the same time, there, you know, I mean there's no Pro Tools, so there was a sense of, of discovery, a sense of improvisation that yeah. I didn't feel on Two Against Nature. I love that record. But that was my that was my thought at the time. Right. And, and, and I felt, um, I was like, this reminds me of the sonic quality of Morph the Cat uh, and um, Sunken Condos, uh, which was, the, I think, the next one that, that was after did. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't get over it. I wanted that warmth and I yeah. wanted that sense of improvisation. Right. So, yeah, I went backwards and then I yes. got into the older record. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and so I still, cool. dude, I love those records. I mean, I love those. I don't even know what to call them anymore. Is it just music now? Just record, like <laughs> CDs? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know. Well, I had them all on tape. So <laughs> well, there you go. You know, I love that. Yeah, dude. The the older stuff is amazing. The newer stuff is. I really like that still. Yeah. Um, I'll still listen to all of it. Yeah. You know. So the story goes is sponsored by Santan Brewing Company. Maybe you didn't know this, but they're getting into spirits. And if you go to santanspirits.com, you can find out 
all sorts of information about the various whiskey that they do. They do three different styles of gin, a couple different vodkas. Then they have the specialty stuff. This is hilarious. They have this one called the breakfast whiskey. Cinna maple. They know what's up. They even have bitters. I, I use a lot of bitters here at home for various cocktails. I'm really proud that they're sponsoring this podcast, and I urge you to support local. Check them out. SantanSpirits.com. SantanBrewing.com. Let's do this. Let's get back to the podcast. Did you get to see them live? I saw them a few times, but I saw them at the Beacon Theater. Shoot. Nice. Was it when they were doing just like that one? It was like, just Asia. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, it was just Asia. And? It was great. Do you remember who was in the band? Yeah, it, it was... It was uh, Keith Carlock. It was Keith Carlock. It was John Harrington John was playing Harrington. Um, guitars. I ah, Shoot, was it the night... Dude, I think that um, Larry Carlton came out for a couple oh of tunes. God. I should probably remember that. That's incredible. <laughs> Um, but I'm pretty sure that pretty and Walter sure that was Walter was there. He, yeah, yeah, he was he was still alive. Um, yeah, it was just like their band that they've had yeah. for forever. Um, Jim Beard was playing keyboards. Who was on Who was on bass? I always uh, uh, Freddie Washington. Yeah, incredible band. Yeah, oh, the band the band sounded great. Like and the I, Beacon Theater is just oh, iconic yeah. it's venue. Just like this iconic so you went thing. you went to. You flew to, to just go see the show? It was like more more than that. I also got engaged in that trip. Was it? Oh, my God. Oh, my. Oh, my. Sounds like a romantic it was, event. Yeah. No, but we... Um, dude, that was a great trip. But, it, yeah, it wasn't strictly for that. Yeah. But we definitely got tickets to go... Oh, man. Go partake. I, the, I, the last time I saw Steely Dan, I probably have seen them... Half a dozen times, maybe more. Um, but I saw them in Vegas shortly before Walter died. Okay. Um, I thought it was an incredible show. But it was clear that, that Walter was was not fully there, you know. Right. You know, which was a drag because I had seen some f- shows that were just on fire. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and it was, you know, to be honest, it was kind of sad. And a little distracting he he, it, he he was just so kind of out of sorts yeah that, i mean you know like i i love that dude's playing yeah like he he plays so well but sometimes live it's a little you know it's like i just let john harrington right john's gonna take care of this but you know dude come on like right. what, what, what is right. this, like, what am what i is gonna he say gonna come do? on well what's john gonna say well th- there's that too yeah you know i mean dude come on He's a sideman in a band of assassins, and what he—I mean, he's an assassin as well. But I can see it's like but he's those, just waiting. Those, those later years, definitely, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it's like it's very weird to say stuff like that. I feel because you know, like this is Walter Becker, man. I know. No, he's—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm such a huge fan, and. And not like I, I have any place to be critical of this band that, that has totally informed every sensibility of mine. But let's be honest about it. You know, I mean, they were primarily a studio band, you know, and I'm not saying that any band can create gaucho in the amount of time that or write the songs or produce that record. But um, 
and not to say that the live shows weren't great, but it just got to the point and having had seen them a number of times that it, it, it became clear that there was a strange dynamic and, and you know, that's it. Yeah. I still love that band. I would go see them now. I'd go, I mean, you know, relationships are difficult, man. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I bet that band, (laughs) I'm sure they're going to be playing here sometimes. Yes. I hope so. I'm going to go. We're going to go. Let's go. And we're going big. We're going to go VIP. Dude, I'm never going to go see another concert like in the back anymore. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm just going to spend the money. I'm spending the money. Just like get up front. I'm I'm in the front. I want my own little restroom, my own little bar. You got to make it happen. I'm spending the bread. I went to go see James Taylor um, a couple years back, and I was way, way in the back. When he was downtown? (laughs) No, this was in, in Montana. Oh, shit. And like I walked to the front and they were like oh sir you gotta leave <laughs> i was like let me just let me just like listen to three songs a, and dude it was a totally different experience way in the front oh yeah and i was like dude you know like what what's a 300 bucks amongst friends come on i'm just, doing it let's just you know maybe I'm, it was a little bit more but i'm still gonna do it hey did you go see the paul mccartney show when, when he was here i did how was that incredible i don't remember where i sat i think i was I think I was a little ways out. Those those were pretty pricey tickets, yeah. if I remember correctly. But the show, I'm so glad I went. I mean, it was incredible. It was incredible. I, stuff, I would I would do that again tonight. I would go spend the dough, and I'm gonna get closer. I'm getting closer now. You're you're gonna start getting closer. You know Dude, what I'm that, saying? That's if if anybody takes anything away from this. It's to spend the, spend the extra, extra bread. bread and just get close. And get in there. And don't... 100%. Don't mess with the masses, the casual listener. I want to I sit there and consume this incredible... I want it to wash over me. I want to I absorb it into my skin via osmosis. It's mm. a medical term. Um, let's take a short little break. Another break? Why not? Okay, what, whatever you There are want. no rules. <laughs> We're here, uh, by the way, sipping on some delicious cocktails in a can. We're drinking the Sunsplash Vodka Soda Cherry Lime Smash. What do you think? You know, I like this one because it doesn't have like a very strong aspartame. Yes. A- aftertaste. It's clean. It's clean. Can't you imagine... Sitting at the pool with a couple of these. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Cue, cue that music right now. <laughs> Sunsplash Vodka Soda. You know what I'm saying? It's from Santan Brewing. Local. If you don't drink local, you aren't cool. I don't know. Is that a phrase? that Have you heard that before? Santan Spirits. I think it's delicious. And they are graciously uh, sponsoring this podcast. Um, go find this, y'all. It's delicious. It's a, it's a vodka soda, but it's got, it's just delicious. I can totally. And now that the temps are heating up, oh you, yeah, man, we're gonna need get these. outside. We're get gonna outside. need these. You know, check them out. SantanBrewing.com. Hey, it's crafted in Arizona. Yeah, no, it's delicious. Gluten free, hundred calories. calories. Hundred calories. Come on, you you just said you were counting your calories. You're on a I mean, diet. Sometimes you got to lose a little bit, you know. You got to cut down on some LBs. Try one of these. Right now. Cut down on some LBs. Try one of these. Now, that's a slogan. 
Cut down on some pounds. No, no, you have to say LBs. Cut down on some LBs and try one of these. And try uh, these, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we just, uh, I think we just came up with their, uh, with their song. Listen, you can hear. Spark. Hold on. The person who just melted your face uh, with the electric guitar is Adam Marmijo. He was playing on a Gaines Brothers track called Young Hendrix. You can find it wherever you buy or stream music. Now back to the podcast. So are you basically back to work? I'm back to work, baby. Like full, like Um, kind of pre-COVID-ish? I would say so, yeah. Really? Yeah. And mainly performing or a lot of video stuff and, and, and that sort of thing? All of it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, recording, like right now, a lot of, a lot of tracking um, at the house. Uh, maybe like three weeks ago, I was doing a lot of gigs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it ebbs and flows, but mm-hmm. I kind of like it like that. Yeah, me too. Is your summer, is your summer usually busy? Summer is usually busier than, than... Are you doing um, Montana? I'm not doing Montana. Okay. Yeah. So you'll be in town? I'll be in town. And and you think that the the, the live performance stuff is going to keep going through to carry you through? Dude, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't, I'm going to go on vacation. Yeah, and I'm going to go on more vacations, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to go on vacation again. Yeah, yeah. Go on vacation while you're on vacation. If you can do that, stack them up. St- <laughs> okay. <laughs> If I have to. Yeah, man. Fine, Bring I'll some house plants and really just keep them cozy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So back to, wow, back to pre-COVID schedule. Doing gigs, doing video stuff, maybe going on vacation. Sounds like you're going to have a good year. Maybe. You never know. Who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> I mean, who's to, who's to say that? Uh, right. I know. Well, good. You know, I just, just try to be positive. Yeah. I can go down a rabbit hole. You know this. I know. I know. We, we, we won't get too dark on <laughs> this one. Yeah. How excited are you for uh, Live from Laurel Canyon to come back? I love playing that music. So I'm all it's about fun. it. Yes. Dude, I went during quarantine. This is like a thing. Like, I got really, really deep into Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young. Really? And Neil Young. Yeah. Like I, you know, like I've always liked it, but I've never really. It's never really, like now I'm like in it. And what is it about that music that you are connecting with? <laughs> okay, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, I I just love that music, like the way it was recorded, how it sounds, 
the whole approach to everything. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, do you like other artists from that era as well? Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're just kind of recently getting into Neil Young. Like Neil Young and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah. And Young. And, yeah. and I mean, so much of that music, well, not maybe Neil Young solo stuff, but so much of that music is vocally driven. It's not so much about, I mean, ah, yeah, I think uh, yeah. I, dude, it, it's I, yeah. very, like you could tell it's very ex- experimental. Yes. There's like a lot of weird stuff happening. Um, I just, I feel like a lot of stuff that, that we do now and that musicians do now, it's like, okay, they, they did that. Right. Right. 50 years ago. 50 years ago. <laughs> um, dude, David Crosby, like. His newer music, his newer stuff. I, lo- I love that shit too. Is, and, and, and um, isn't he's collaborating with his son, if I'm not mistaken? It, it, I think maybe even his son is kind of helping pr- to produce it. Um, I, think, I, I well, don't know. So I know that like Michael League, so like the whole snarky puppy thing. Uh-huh. So I know Michael League has a lot to do with it. Hmm. Becca Stevens um, sings on a lot of the stuff. It's. Dude, I think that stuff is cool too. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like the newer Steely stuff. Oh, really? It, yeah. A lot of kind of like the same sounds. It has that similar polish production a, value. A little bit, but you know, more of just like David Crosby's thing. So, yeah. Like definitely more singer songwriter, Laurel Canyon y yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Well, I do miss that show. I'm excited for uh, spring of uh, 2022. Got some dates on the calendar. Dates dates are on the calendar. Confirmed. Confirmed. Confirmations have been sent. Like, I mean, I'm sure those are going to be good to go. I think we're going to be good to go. I think we're good. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Don't put that in my brain. (laughs) Dude, I'm I'm positive guy right now. You're like, honestly, very optimistic. Yes. I love it. I love this new Armijo. Dude, I sun you is just got to be, yeah. Sun is shining. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm stoked. And the band is killing, We and we just have a ball, man. I really, I, I miss that. That that was one thing that, and actually, we were in the middle of a tour with Live from Laurel Canyon when everything shut down. All that, Remember yeah. that? Yeah. It was like. We were like, we were in Oregon. Yeah. When, no, we were in Washington right. when all that stuff went down. Yeah, and they're like, Seattle is the. Exactly, is the, is the, and we were in the airport, and then we were, <laughs> we were like, uh, and then they're like, L.A., L.A.X., and then we flew through L.A.X. like the next day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no one's wearing masks. No, like, dude, some people were wearing masks, but, and that was kind of weird. I was like, oh, let's go masks, right? And now it's just right. a thing of normalcy. Man. I know. And then a couple of days later, we come back from Long Beach, had this incredible show. I think it was our biggest show to date. Sold out, 1,000 people at the Carpenter Center. And that was a matinee show. We, we basically drove through the night from Arroyo Grande. I don't know if you remember that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of remember now. was passed out in the van. It was me and Chris. We get to the, we get to the hotel at, I don't know, 2 in the morning. We have a, 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 an 11 a.m. load-in for a 1 p.m. show. We play this incredible show. Everyone, I'm super jazzed up. We fly home. We do Tucson on Wednesday. We do two shows in, in Tucson on Wednesday. And that's when everything kind of hit. Yeah. It's like NBA's canceled. MLB's yeah. canceled. Or I maybe that was before. We're in but. The, we were in the green room, and you're like, Tom Hanks has COVID. <laughs> and we're like, what? What? And then basically on the drive home the next day, 
it was like not only was that weekend canceled, we had two more shows, uh, sold out shows. Dude, I was getting texts. I was like, oh, this gig's canceled. This weekend's canceled. Yeah. This weekend's canceled. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I then, was I was just getting excited. I was like, oh, hey, no, that's <laughs> it's crazy times, man. Yeah. And now, t- literally, it's going to be two years since then that we finally get to put the band together. And I'm just thinking about it, like you know how much work it is. I'm like, how did we pull that off? There's so many moving parts: the multimedia, the narration, everyone's, you know, the band, the. The, the the all the just the ground logistics like it was a huge feat it's a seven piece band that that you know it, it's not easy cocaine's a hell of a drug man <laughs> 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 no i don't know yeah dude that's all you man i just I like you, you you get mad like hey uh, respond <laughs> to this email <laughs> hey our army ho's not responding hold up <laughs> Where's no. Armijo? <laughs> no, dude, that's a lot of work, man. It is a lot of work, but it's so gratifying. It's like, it's it's the most work I, I've ever had to do for any show, but honestly, it's probably the most gratifying. And just to watch how it has progressed, you know, over the years and how it's grown uh, over the years. And I think the biggest thing for me is feeling that love from the audience, Right. Well, they do. People love that music. They now. lose their mind. They and love it. I mean, and I, dude, I totally get why. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a good show. I mean, you know, I just, I, and it wouldn't be half its, half its worth uh, without the band. I mean, the band is such a, plays such a big role in the success of that show because we're not trying to, we're not trying to run these tunes down the way, the, let's say, they were recorded. We do take some liberties, right? Right. And so, you know, the interplay, and, and we've all, you know, a lot of us have been playing, you know, now for, for 10 or 10 plus years, and, and I just love the conversations that, that happen on stage and how not every night is the same, you know? It's always different, We yep. get into, I mean, we get into a routine with it, but there's always this um, sense of discovery and improvisation and that certainly is connected to uh, the narration. You know, the more I do it, the more comfortable I am, the looser it gets, but the tighter it gets. I don't know. I've never experienced anything like that. Um, what, what would you say is like your favorite uh, artist? If you had to like pick one, maybe favorite tune that we, that we do, that we, we cover. Hmm. Well, one one recent addition to the show that I think is great is Cinnamon Girl. Okay. Because it's so far from really anything else uh, that yeah, we do. Obviously. It's the kind of the most maybe not the most rock and roll, but it's there's just say, something this, yeah. there's something about that tune that is just rock, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, man. I it's really hard to pick a favorite because having two other singers, having three part harmony, having multiple soloists Having an incredible rhythm section, there's there's a lot we have. We you know if you think about like a, a Swiss Army knife, we have many things that we can do. You know, um, I mean obviously I'm a big James Taylor fan. That uh, the way that we do that song is very gratifying. Um, but I love when David sings "Old Man," and if that doesn't fire up the crowd right every time. 
um, Holly crushes uh, that Joni tune. Oh, we were doing, we started adding all these new tunes, California. Are you talking uh, about Woodstock, though? Which one are you talking about? No, uh, remember, we, we started doing California. Okay, yeah. That was awesome. I mean, and, and, and you know, maybe part of it is um, getting out of the tunes that we've been playing for, say, 10 years. We're starting to diversify the song list. Um, what about you? Do you have any favorites? Oh, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I really like the, that America tune. <laughs> Sister Golden Hair. Sister Golden Hair. Sister Hazel Eyes. It's a, it's a, it's funny. It's, it's probably the, I mean, I think it was a hit at the time, but it's kind of the one song from an artist that wasn't a huge hit for that artist, right? If we were to do America, everyone would dude, say... people love that song, dude. Dude, what we need to do... Oh, my. Is what? Deja- carry on, dude. Carry on. Yeah, what's, what's the first track on this? No, on that record? Yeah. <clears throat> I think we... I want to do... Um, from CSN, I want to do the first song from their first record. Judy Blue Eyes? Yes. <laughs> Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. That's, dude, that's, that's, a, that's an ask. I know, but that wouldn't that be a crazy, awesome encore? Carry on, I think, is like, well, dude, hey, man. Love is calling. Dude, that would be badass, dun, too. Dun, dun, dun. That is, that's, a, that's a great tune. Dude, listen dun, to Carry dun, On, dun, man. Dun, this dun, is like dun, a good dun, opener. Dun. To the show? Oh, yeah. Baby, we got to go chronologically. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you got that in your head. I mean, I think as an encore. I think as an encore. Let's just hit. scratch the, the whole idea. I'll let's, edit this all out. <laughs> In fact, let's 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 do a whole different era of music. <laughs> we'll, we'll get deep into the eighties. We'll do like a, a Sting. You're in mix. <laughs> no, you've already. Okay. Stanley's already doing that. <laughs> okay, so not that. Okay. Um, um, yeah, no, I'm just saying that, like, uh, Sister Golden here. I think if when when people you know when you say America they think all right horse with no name yeah Ventura Highway you know there's a bunch of other huge hits that they had and we kind of do a deeper cut later in their career I'm not to say that it wasn't a big dude, hit I think dude people love that song too yeah yeah we should do uh, was Steve Miller there uh he uh, not really not not in my research I don't think he was in the canyon he might have been in L A right. Uh, but I don't know. I do know that he was working with Glenn Johns, and Glenn was out of, out of London. Um, uh, dude, let's do they, some Zappa, dude. Let's we'll do some. Oh, we'll, do, do. well, that would be the thing, right? Or or the monkeys add the monkeys to the show. There's there's a lot of avenues to to go down. The turtles, love, uh, John Mayall. Uh, you know, it, like I I say it in the show. This could be a weekend festival. Just Dude, we should just get a place in the canyon. Yeah. And we'll just, you know. Live there all together. We'll all live a commune. A commune yeah. of love and injustice. <laughs> Justice. Injustice. Come on. Let's get that right. <laughs> no, I, I, I miss that show. And, and your contribution to it is so huge. Um, I mean, as is everyone in that band uh, brings it. But um, it's been awesome man to to make so much music with you and i'm such a huge fan of yours um not just as a as a musician and a and a, a great videographer you've you've done a bunch of uh, 
incredible uh, videos for me and for Live from Laurel Canyon. And like I said, I think you've played on every project that I've ever been on. And uh, we have some we have some projects in the work. Don't think I forgot about. Oh yeah, is that is that the that's truth? still happening? Okay, everything's still happening. Everything is still happening. I got. I'm excited. I got you on tape about that. And whoever loses has to buy, buy like, a, a bottle, bottle of, of, of of Blantons. Of Blantons. You All have right. Have to find some Blantons. Okay. Let's up the ante. Let's go. Uh, Pappy. Let's go, Pappy Van. <laughs> hey. Why not? It, let's put it on the line. Uh, pinky, pinky, pinky swear, pinky swear. This is getting ridiculous. It is. Getting- <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, homie, uh, I know you got other stuff you got to do. You got to go home. You, what do you got to do? Um, you know vacuum what? Vacuum the. I'm gonna vacuum. The- I'm gonna maybe go buy a record player. Yeah. There you go. Maybe do that. Um, yeah, you're digging into the vinyl. Getting into the vinyl, man. Love it. No, I don't know what I'm going to go do. Just go spend some money. <laughs> <laughs> Have another cocktail, go spend some money. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. Dude, thank you for having me, man. Well, I, I know that you were a little apprehensive at first, but I want to say this has been a very enlightening conversation. I love rapping with you. You're a dear friend of mine. Likewise, brother. We've been We've been in the trenches together. Many years. Oh, hmm. I didn't even mention the fact that you were on one of the first European tours that I ever did. That was fun. Do you remember that? Dude, I remember that, yes. Czech Republic, <laughs> we were in Germany, Prague, we were in Prague messing around. Yeah. You, you had this idea that like we should take a tour in this old car. Do you remember that? That wasn't my idea. But Oh, you think it was my idea? <laughs> it, it was just something that you do there. Nobody did. It was By the way, really nobody. expensive. It was really expensive, and we just sat in traffic. We literally went around the block, and dude, it was like it was like fifty dollars. Yeah, it was like it's like fifty euro, dude. It yeah. wasn't. And we were just sitting in traffic in this old car, and this dude was driving, and we're looking around like, all right, well, that I was wonder, cool. Like, why did we do that? That was I ridiculous. Don't I don't know. It's but a terrible idea. We had a ball. Yours. We had a ball. I'd love to get. I'd love to get you back to Europe. That'd dude, be let's, fun. Let's do it, man. As soon as they open up. Going back to Prague. Going back to Prague. All right, brother. Much love. You're out of uh, you're out of Sunsplash. A Sunsplash was great. It's tasty. Tasty. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit them up for more because they only gave me eight. <laughs> That's, That's not good. gonna do it. Why would they do? Come on. It's they just gave me a. T- they're trying to get me. They know what's up. They know what's up. They know what they're doing. They know what's up. Thanks for being a part of this. Thank you, man. All right, brother. Cheers. So the story goes. 